Hey guys, welcome to our Sermon of the Week podcast. Today's message is from Nathan Herndon. If you're interested in partnering with us, check out our app, our website, for ways to give. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, I want to encourage you to open them uh, to Isaiah chapter 9. I'm just going to be in a few verses there. Um, if you've been at Providence the, the last few weeks, when I've been speaking, I've been doing a series called Jesus in the Old Testament. It was a series on, on incarnation. And I want to wrap that up today a little bit. But before I do that, I just want to get personal with you guys. I want to tell you just a, a little story from my life. Do I have permission to do that? All right. Well, in the mornings, especially at Christmas time, um, I love to get up while it's dark. And I love to, while my coffee is brewing, um, I love to sit in my living room and look at the Christmas tree that there's, you know, no light outside and it's just glowing and it's beautiful. And I started uh, remembering of, of all the times in my house. We've lived at our house uh, in Hanover for 18 years, almost 19 years. And I was, we raised our kids there. And I was thinking about all the, all the memories that we have in our house at Christmas time, and especially when the kids were little. My, my kids now are 17, 14, and almost 11, all right? They're not littles in there anymore. They're, they're bigs, all right? And I'm proud of them. But I was remembering all, all the, the times when they were little, and then I, I remembered um, a, a situation when, I think it was around Christmas time, when we were driving in a car when my kids were little, and uh, my daughter Lena was uh, small enough to still be in a rear-facing car seat. Parents, do you remember this? Does that kind of give you the feels? Do you feel like, oh man, I remember that, right? Well, I remember my daughter Lena was in a rear-facing car seat, my son was in a booster seat, and I think my daughter Grace was in the third row uh, in the back, and whatever seat she was in, it doesn't matter. But my daughter Lena was mesmerized by this this spongy ball that, um, that, was, that was squishy because she loves squishy things, all right? And, uh, but it, it glowed, it flashed. It was like one of those balls that when you bounce it, a light comes on, it really glows. And so she would squeeze it and it would glow. And she really loved it. She was only about a year and a half, a uh, year old. I, I don't know how old she was. She was rear-facing. We couldn't really see her. But we saw the glow of this ball in the car. And we're driving down the road. And, um, man, this is, this is crazy. This, this memory popped in my head because it, you'll see why. Uh, but I remember... Um, my son, as we're driving down the road, he suddenly takes off his seatbelt. He jumps out of his booster. He goes over to our daughter's seat, and we just started, we started yelling at him because of what he was doing. We're driving. He shouldn't be out of the seat. And I don't know why it is, but whenever, even if everything's fine on the road, when something weird is going on, you start swerving. I don't know why. Like I just started, I started swerving. I was like, what is going on? We're yelling at our son. Don't do that. Well, he's over at our daughter's seat. And what he does is, is he, he sticks his hand in my daughter's mouth, and he pops out this ball that she had put in her mouth that we could not see. All right. Do you know how, how crazy that is as a parent? We couldn't see that she had the ball in her mouth. We're reacting to our son because of what he was doing, but what we didn't know was the why he was doing it. Anybody? What he actually does, what we need to do is we need to praise the Lord for our son because what he was doing seemed like it was, like it was crazy, but the why behind the what was actually I'm saving my little sister's life. Amen? She, she loved this ball so much that she just had to eat it. <laughs> and then it got stuck in there. And my son is, a, even as a seven or eight-year-old, he's been a young man of action. He doesn't ask questions. He goes right to the problem. He pops it on out, hops back in his seat. And I, I, felt, I felt like, wow, this is, this is a great Christmas. All right? 
So I, I, this morning, as we've been, I, I, I want to talk about the why of the incarnation. I, I've been talking that, you know, Jesus in the Old Testament was what? It was constantly what? Here's what Luke 2 means. When you go back to Genesis 3, 15 and 16, this is what that means. We've been talking about what so much, but it's the why that shows the heart. The what is good, and we need to know what God does. We need to know what. We need to know what this means. We need to open up our Bibles, and we need to see, we need to see the what's. But you miss God's heart if you only stay at what, and you don't say, God, why did you do what we're reading? You tracking with me? Have you ever done anything maybe that looked weird to somebody, your what looked weird, and they completely missed your heart because they didn't ask, why are you doing that, right? I've missed people's hearts so many times, guys, because the what looks weird. And then, and then other people have missed my heart because they don't understand what I'm doing or they don't understand the why behind the what. And this morning, I want to talk about why. What shows facts, and that's important, but why shows heart, guys? In fact, I just want to speak this into some of you. Some of you might be frustrated at people because of what they're doing or what they seem to be doing. I want you to ask God, why is this person doing it this way? I was just driving over uh, to church this morning with my daughter, and we were talking about a, a, a tricky situation with a, a kid at school. And I just asked, why? Do you, what, do, you, do you think that that kid is loved at home? And uh, many times we don't know the why people are, are, uh, are uh, operating in. We just see the what. And so this morning, as we look at this, this Jesus in the Old Testament showed us what God did. And can we just celebrate this for a moment? God sent his son, the second person of the Trinity, who created everything, who has no beginning and will have no end. He steps into human history and he flesh. So uh, Christmas is not Jesus being born into existence. G uh, Christmas is uh, God who has always been stepping into humanity, all right? And that is the what. It is, it is incredible that he would do that. It is incredible that he would do that. That what is powerful. This morning, guys, we need to get the why behind it. Why did he do it? Why? Would he step off heaven's throne? He was fine how he was. Why would he do that? We're going to start with Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2, and then we're also going to read verse 6 and 7. So I'm just going to read uh, these three verses, and then we're going to talk about this a little bit more. But here's what it says. This is a messianic prophecy. This is speaking of Jesus. This is speaking of the incarnation. This is speaking of the Messiah coming for the people of God. And it says this, the people who walked and darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shined. Now look at verse six, that was verse two. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Let's look at verse 7. And of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. What a promise. Amen? 
right? So here's the first thing that I want us to see as far as why the incarnation, and that's really what this this passage is speaking to. You see that in verse 6, for to us a child is born. This is talking about the Christ child, Jesus, and one of the whys that Jesus uh, to, uh, to Jesus is in verse 2. says, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness on them has light shined. So here's, here's why number one. You ready for this? Here's why the incarnation, here's why Jesus came, is number one, humanity was in darkness. You hear this? The people who walked in darkness, I take that, the people who walked in darkness, so that is personal darkness. That is your life. This is your everyday life. You're getting up. You're walking. It's your everyday existence is dark, but this was a a deeper darkness than just individuals being dark. This is humanity as a whole being dark. This is is governmental. This is is a a, a bigger problem than just individuals. It says, uh, those who dwell in a land of deep darkness. So this is double darkness. You know that it's dark when you're dark, your walk is dark, and then the land that you walk in is dark. One thing that we know as human beings is that darkness is more than just physical. And I really believe this passage is, just, is not just talking about the lights not being on physically, all right? We know that darkness is the absence of light, uh, physically speaking. But this is, this is not excluding that, but it's also including other types of darkness. I would say this is emotional darkness as well. Have you ever just felt that heaviness, all right? Have you, uh, this, is, this would be mental darkness. Have you ever just felt like I can't get my mind right? I can't get my heart right. I don't know what's going on. I can't get my thoughts right. This is also spiritual darkness. I just can't seem to connect with God at all. This is, I would say, any darkness that there is, this is including all of it. The lights aren't on in some capacity. Your life isn't right. Your walk isn't right. It's not right in the world kind of darkness. And sometimes This kind of darkness can settle on you and it doesn't lift and it starts to direct you and to define you and to tell you who the darkness wants you to think you are, but who you're actually not, all right? So this kind of darkness is not just the absence of light, but this is also the absence of hope. This is also the absence of joy. This is also the absence of love. This is the absence of all the great things of the kingdom of light. The darkness is the opposite of that. So many of us, we find ourselves, we're trying to get through and we paste on smiles on our faces, but there is an absence in our walk. There is an absence in our spheres that is hopeless and joyless. It is just dark. And many of us are struggling and bumbling our way. So we're walking in that darkness. That's our individual lives. We're dwelling in a land of deep darkness. And I know a lot about the land of deep darkness because I'm from Hanover, all right? And I'm telling you, we've been there for almost 19 years. I'm telling you guys, I'm not knocking on it because we feel called to Hanover. When my wife and I were engaged, we told God, send us to Mozambique, send us to anywhere you want, except for Hanover, Pennsylvania. We don't like these people. We're not coming back here. They're weird. They say strange things. They have a weird perception just on life life in general. Anybody, can I get an amen? Anybody from it? Like, okay, yes. You, you, as soon as you drive on vacation to like the Outer Banks or something, you drive out of the darkness of Hanover. You're like, oh, okay, now I can survive. But here, there are places in the land 
that have an extra, you know, an extra portion of darkness. And I really believe that God hasn't called us to a, a life where we just avoid the darkness, but, but that we invade the darkness, you see? And so I know that I know, like I, I've uh, complained a little bit about Hanover, but I'm telling you, there's no other place that I'd rather be because where it's dark, Jesus wants to bring life and light from his kingdom into this area. So I believe, man, we have stationed ourselves here. My son is being looked at by other colleges. I think he's going to go on to play college basketball. It would have made more sense for us to move to like another school around here, but we've anchored ourselves in small little hole-in-the-wall Hanover, as dark as it feels, as weird as the people may be, and I just mean that endearingly. I can say that because I am one, all right? All right? And I'm saying the darkness is not going to define us. I am believing for a day where light is going to invade a people in a region and that we're going to start seeing prodigals coming home. We're going to start seeing people that, ha that were hopeless, loveless, joyless, and everything less. And we're going to start seeing the more and the increase as the kingdom invades in this area. And so I'm, I'm telling you guys, we're, the humanity was in darkness and that is not spiritual. God is not glorified when you despise your existence, when you just grin and bear stuff, when your heart is disengaged, when you're hopeless, and, and, and you just say, well, Jesus is coming back, and I just have to get by in a miserable way until then. That is not the message of the kingdom. That is not a, a Merry Christmas. God is actually glorified when joy bombs, love bombs, and hope bombs go off on the regular, you see, all right? So, there's, so why did Jesus come? Why the incarnation? Why the fulfillment of, of millennia of messianic prophecy? Well, God hates darkness. And he really, his heart is stirred when he sees people that he loves walking in it. All right? This is why. And this is, this is good news that both people and, and the land. See, listen, this is so good. God wants to touch you. God wants to touch your family, but he wants to touch your neighborhoods. He wants to touch your communities. He wants to touch your regions. He ultimately, he wants to touch the land with light. Do you see that here? On them has light shined. Guys, it may be, seem hopeless at your house. It may be, seem hopeless in your neighborhood, but light can shine. But the why of Jesus in the incarnation is that humanity was in darkness, and man, that is not God's best, all right? It's interesting, though, what, uh, what the light is here. And I want to say this, that you hear a lot about light, depending what circle you're in, but biblically, when the Bible speaks of light, the Bible is not speaking of an energy, the Bible not is speaking of some force, or the, the Bible's not uh, speaking of some, uh, you know, some understanding or some vibe. The Bible, when the Bible is speaking of the light, the Bible is speaking of a person named Jesus. So the light here is not energy. The light here is the person of Jesus, all right? The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. That is a man with his message of the kingdom. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shined. This is the sun, S-O-N, rise on a land. 
all right? So when we're talking about light here, we're not talking about energy, mist, and forest, all right? That's new age wonkiness, all right? You have to know Hebrew to understand what I just said, all right? But we're talking about, when we're talking about the light of the world, we're talking about a man, a person named Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, the Messiah, the Christ, the Son of God who came, was incarnated and who rules and reigns forever. We're talking about the Messiah. So look at this. Here's, here's how the light has come into the world. This is verses 6 and 7. For to us a child is born, that's Jesus. To us a son is given, that's Jesus. And the government shall be upon his shoulders, that's Jesus' shoulders. All right? And his name shall be called. Now the names of Jesus, this is just what he, what he carries. And you, and you can't capture it all. There's so many names for Jesus. But let's look at some of these. Wonderful counselor. How many people need counsel? Right? I know I do. This is, you get wonderful counsel with Jesus. It's who he is. It's what he does. Mighty God. He's not just a mighty person. He's not just a mighty man. He's not just the best example. We've got, when we've got Jesus, we've got God and all of his strength and might. Everlasting Father. How many of us want to be fathered not just for a, a window of time, but uh, from now until forever? And in an everlasting way, we've got a Father caring for us in the best sense of that word. Everlasting Father. And then Prince of Peace. So many of us, we, we know a life where we get pockets of peace, but the Prince of Peace in his good news message, he, he is the Prince of Peace, meaning he, it, it, just peace is the outflow and overflow of his reign. He's the prince of it. And of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. So there will not come a day that Jesus isn't Lord over all. All right? So when we're talking about light, we're not talking about energy. We're talking about the Lord. And what is the heartbeat behind the incarnation then. If we're talking about light as just not a new way of understanding a truth, if we're talking about light as, as uh, not, not just uh, some energy or something that we sense or feel or some goosebumps that we're like, hey, I like how that feels. If we're talking about light, not as those things, but as a person, what we're seeing is the heartbeat or the why behind the incarnation, or in other words, God stepping off heaven's throne, putting on skin to be with us, to pay for our sins, what is happening there? The light means that God is not just offering us a second chance, but God is offering us himself. The light is a person. He's, and he's like, hey, feast on this. I, I've got wonderful counsel. It's who I am. I'm offering you me. I, I've, got, I've got strength. I'm offering you me. I'm the God of strength. I've got... I'm the everlasting father. I'm offering you who I am. I'm the prince of peace. You don't just get a new reality. You get me in the gospel. Do you see this? So the light coming into the world is us not just seeing and understanding for, for the first time, but the light coming into the world is us seeing Jesus for who he is and receiving all that he is for us. You see, did I just lose him? All right, let's, let's flip. Somebody said yes. I'm sorry. Um, the, uh, let, let's flip for a second to, uh, um, to Luke chapter 1, verse 78 and 79. This is really interesting. Luke chapter 1, verse 78 and 79. This is Zechariah, who's John the Baptist's dad, and he prophesies here uh, of his son, John the Baptist, and the Messiah, Jesus, in Luke chapter 1, verse 78 and 79. It says this. Because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby 
the sunrise shall visit us from on high. Now, the sunrise, this is, this is prophetic and poetic language for the sunrise shall visit us from on high. This is talking about the incarnation of Jesus. Look at verse 79. Here's, here's, why, the, here's why the incarnation. Look at 79. To give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. You see this? Here's why. God, God hurts when you walk in darkness. It is not his best for you. And he wants, to, he wants to do more than just give you a few chances to get it right as you stumble and, and bumble around your dark land and your dark world. He wants to give you himself to guide you. All right? So that is why. But there's another why that is super important too, and I think that you can, you can guess this why. Um, but it is just this. I want to say it as simply as I can, but it's the message of Christmas. is why the incarnation. Well, it's because you are loved severely, immensely, uh, in a way that can't even be measured. So immeasurably loved. Now, many times we talk about this in the church, and we, we think that obedience is the goal in the church, and that love is the icing on the cake, but the real meat and potatoes that's how, that's how you talk around here. I'm really busted on this area. I'm really sorry. It's just because I am one of you, and it's just coming out naturally. But, um, but the, the real meat is obey, obey, obey. But I want to tell you this. If your obedience is from a heart of anything but love, all right, it's not real. All right? We, we, God first loves us, and then we love him. And out of a heart to love him more, we do what he says, and that's obedience. All right? I think religious obedience is I've got to please God, and so I've got to obey whether I feel it or not. And that's not, uh, that's not uh, biblical obedience. That's, that's false Pharisaism, where you're trying to earn God's pleasure and approval, and you can't do that. Only one man could do that. That's Jesus, and he paid for your approval with his father. All right? What you do is you receive what he's done, and then, and then you play with your dad. And you follow him because you love him and want him more than anything else. Guys, listen, you are loved. And, and God loving you first opens the door to you being able to love him back. Listen, you're loved and there's no way around it. You don't have to believe it. You still are it. You don't have to want it. You still are it. You can run from the love of God, and every step away from God is a step of God's love chases you down. You are loved, you are loved, you are loved, you are loved with every step. You can, you can be like Jonah, jump into the sea, be swallowed by a fish, be spewed out on, some, on the other end of the world, and on the other end of the world, you're going to be loved every bit as much as you were back home. You were just loved. You were just loved. This is the message. Jesus, uh, Jesus is showing that you are loved relentlessly by his Father. And if that makes you squeamish, good. Man, be squeamish. There's nothing biblically that says that you can't, you can't, you're like, oh, a little bit. It is okay. And God wants to show you the extent of his love, and we see that with his Son coming, not just to be a good example, but to pay for you, all right? The, the extent of our sin is that we needed Jesus to die, but the extent of God's love is that he was willing and glad to do it. You see, wow, guys. So you're in love. That's a why. Why did the Father send his Son into the world, stepping off heaven's throne where angels and elders bowed down and worshipped for millennia? Well, 
because you are loved that much. That's why it is, it is absolutely incredible. But here's one more why to why would Jesus come, why the incarnation, all right? And, and that, is, that is this, that Jesus wants to save you and not only save you but satisfy you. All right? I think many times our gospel presentations are God wants to save you, but you're just going to be uh, miserable, you know, and, until the return of Christ. And that is actually not it. Your salvation and your satisfaction in the one who saves you are linked, you see. All right? Listen to this. It's John 3, 16 to 19. I love this. For God so loved the world. You are loved, you are loved, you are loved. Every step away from God, you are still loved. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him, this is how you respond to the love of God. Whoever believes in him should not perish. That's what you deserve, but have eternal life. That is the free gift that God wants to give you. Come on. Wow. Uh, man, we got Pentecostal for a second. Yes, uh, uh, and I liked it. Uh, look at verse 17. For God did not, this is, this is the why of God's heart, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. That's what Pharisaical religiosity, you know, Baptist would say. Did I just say that? I'm so, I'm so, so sorry. I did not mean that at all. But you throw any denomination in there, uh, Pentecostals and Methodists and Lutherans and Catholics, all, every branch of denominationalism says this in some capacity that God cares about your condemnation. All right? But actually the Bible says this. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. That wasn't the why in God's heart. It wasn't condemnation. What was the why? But in order that the world might be saved through him. Now, can we look at verse 19 for a second? And this is the judgment. We're back to light. This is the judgment. The light has come into the world. That's, remember, the light is not an energy or a mist or a vapor or a force. The light is a person. The light is Jesus. The light has come. This is the, this is the incarnation. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world. That's Jesus. And people loved this, the darkness rather than the light. Now, this is the greatest problem in human history. The greatest problem is not which government is on the earth. The greatest problem is not how expensive milk is at the grocery store. The greatest problem is not what wars are going at the ends of the earth. That is not the greatest problem. All that stuff is little fruits, anti-kingdom, little fruits to the greatest problem that even though Jesus, the light of the world, has stepped into the world to save us, we wanted darkness. That, that's, how, that's how messed up our hearts are. That when the light comes, it says, I want you. Every step away from me, I wanted you. Every step. Every, every moment away from me, my heart hurt. I'm here to get you back. And we hear that, and we see Jesus hot on our heels. On our, I want you. And we just say, I just don't think I want you. That is our, our greatest problem. Many of us say, in, in religion, you can say, well, I don't really want you, but I'll obey you. Just get me to heaven. That's not how it works. Real faith is not heartless. Real faith is all your heart, I want you, all right? It's not just I'll obey you, it's I'll receive you. It's not you can have a place, it's you can be it all. It's not I'll give you this piece of me, it's I'll give you everything. I see you as a greater treasure, Jesus, 
than everything else. That's the heartbeat behind real faith in Jesus. And many of us have made some type of profession where we're okay with Jesus as long as he gets us to heaven, but we just don't want him enough to give him our everything. Let me say it this way. Jesus, the greatest treasure of the universe, made himself accessible to you. And he came to you, but he was not wanted, received, or loved. It's okay for your heart to hurt over this. It's supposed to. So when your heart hurts over this and you realize that was me, Jesus came, I was told about him, my heart wasn't even moved, I was more moved by video games. Jesus came, he wanted to hang out with me. <laughs> my, my, it's just my heart didn't move though because I, I'm, I'm actually more moved than uh, entertainment. Jesus came and he wanted me and, and, and he, he, he wanted to give all of himself to me. And in my heart, though, I was fine with getting heaven, but in my heart, I, I wanted food more than I wanted Jesus. See, the Christian life is not about obeying uh, religiously rules and regulations. The Christian life is about the battle for your heart. What does your heart want the most, love the most, treasure the most? That is the heartbeat of a Jesus church. We're not going to do everything right around here, but God is not looking for perfection in us. He's already found it in his son. He just wants to be wanted. He comes to that place where he's wanted. That's what a Jesus church is. First and foremost, at the heart level, he wants to be wanted. And here in John chapter 3, verse 19, we find light is coming to the world. We know that that's Jesus, and he just wasn't wanted. Now, here's the greatness of God. Most of us will say, hey, you don't want me? You don't want my advice? You don't want my light? You don't want my life? You don't want me? Fine. I'm just going to pack my bags and go home. I like you guys, but I don't need you. He could say that honestly and truthfully. I want you. You don't want me? Fine. Just have fun doing what you want. That's not what God does, is it? God says, I don't care that you don't want me. I want you, and I'm not stopping until I get you. I'm coming after you, and I'm going to chase you down. I'm going to wear you down. I'm just going to meet you around every bend. Every time you find yourself in a gutter, I'm going to pick you back up and brush you off. I'm, going to, I'm just going to stay after you and woo you till I win your heart. That loves darkness instead of me. And how many of us know what that's like? Man, we tried our very best to get away from God. God wouldn't let that happen. He kept coming. He kept coming. We're like, stop it. Stop it. Why are you doing this? Because you're loved. Because you're loved. Because you're loved. Because you're loved. The darkness doesn't get along with you out. I didn't make you for darkness. I made you for me. I made you for me. I made you for me. And I'm not going to stop till you have me and I have you. That's what. So Christmas is this. God, this is, this is so incredible. God coming after a people that didn't even want him. Oh man. Wow. Guys, I'm telling you, even your lack of want for God didn't stop God wanting you. Man, you may say, well, God, why would you ever? God isn't returning favors. You say, oh, I never wanted you. Why would you ever want? That is not how God even works. His, his want supersedes all of yours combined. A lifetime of not wanting supersedes God's. You can't supersede God's wanting of you. He just loves you this much for God so loved the world. But let me just say this. God so loved you that he gave his son. And so this morning, I, I'm just wondering, if, is anybody tired of running away from a God who won't stop pursuing you? Is that exhausting to anybody? Right? You keep running, and he, he keeps wanting. 
And you, you really look and you really, the, the, the false promise of, of whatever was in that direction, whatever reason you ran away from God, the false promise was you'll be happier if you have that. You'll be happier if you have that lifestyle. You'll be happier if you have that. God doesn't really want what's best for you. God, that has what's best for you. And then you try that and you fail and it never satisfies. I was talking to somebody uh, a few weeks ago and they said, man, Christmas is coming and I kind of feel weird because every Christmas I usually get what I want and I'm still not happy. I'm not satisfied. Well, that's because you weren't made for things that you get uh, under a tree. They're supposed to just point you to the reality of the one you were made by and for. And his name is Jesus. He wants to light up your heart. He wants to light up your heart. Man, I remember going to my Graham's house as a little kid, and she would, like, my brother Philip and I would each get our own huge bag from Santa a piece. And we would open that. Transformers, remember those? Remember the, the, I, we got the lunch boxes and everything, man. They, they reeked, you know, a year later. It was awesome. You know, we, but we'd open all those, and it's, it's like, this isn't satisfying. You're, you're just opening the next one, and you're watching the person next to you saying, oh, 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 and it's just like, this doesn't satisfy. This points at best, but it does not satisfy. And there's, this whole room is filled with people who will be blessed in some ways, but it'll be this much. It will not be enough to satisfy you tomorrow morning. And today I'm telling you, you can be satisfied right here and now by receiving Jesus, and it's not as hard as you think. You just have to say, Jesus, I see you as better than everything else, and I want you, and I'm putting, I'm putting all of my eggs in your basket. I'm just, all my hopes and all my trust and all the stuff, like the, you're the direction of my life, you're the joy of my life, you, you're, you are my life now. I'm trusting you, not my efforts, to save me. In other words, I just want you. Some of you, you just tell them right now, out loud if you have to, go nuts. Jesus, I just want you, I just want you. Maybe some of us, we, we, it's been years ago, we had an encounter with Jesus where we saw him as, as greater and we trusted him to save us. But it's been, uh, the, the want has waned. It's faded. And this morning, man, if you could just walk out of here wanting God more. I'm telling you, God loves to come where he's wanted. And he touch you, especially prodigals. Listen, I don't know everybody's story here, but especially prodigals. If we've got five prodigals in the house, I'm not going to make you raise a hand. That stuff's weird. Jesus can find you where you're at. But you've been running from God, and you think that man, that last trip away from God probably was the last one. God probably doesn't want me anymore. I just want to say, he wants you. He wants you. You're welcome home to the Father anytime you want to come back. He just, you're just wanted, you're wanted, you're wanted, you're wanted. And I promise you, let, let's, let's eradicate all lies that say there's something better out there than what, what God's doing right here. Come on, guys. So God, God wants you back. And this morning, do, you, do we have candles? Can we pass those out? I, I, do we, can you hold up your candle there if you have them? Can somebody give me a candle too? I, 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 man, I feel left out right now. Can someone just go, oh, thank you very much. All right. So this candle, guys, listen, this is, here, here's the special thing about this. Is this, isn't a, this isn't like actually um, anything more than just a reminder of what God wants to do in our hearts. God wants to light our hearts. And he wants our hearts to burn for him. And then do you know what else? We need to be reminded. We just need to be reminded, God, I want to burn for you. But we also need to remember that light has come and the light wasn't a thing. It was a person. So we're going to celebrate. We're going to celebrate the reality 
that light has come. Can we light our candles here, guys? Amen. And keep them lit. Oh, mine went out. That wasn't uh, anything that didn't mean here. Thank you, brother. All right. And can we stand to our feet for a moment? Thank you. And just let's just sing for a moment. Let's remember the Lord. Amen. Thanks for checking out our Sermon of the Week. If you have questions or would like to get connected, download our app or visit us at providencecommunity.org. Thank you.